Welcome to the Middle of Culture. I am one of your co-hosts, Eden. And I'm your other co-host, Peter. And uh, we're here today. It's late. The sun went down early. It's just kind of spooky season. It's near the end of October. What you been up to, Peter? You know, as I kind of mentioned before we hit record, I have been working my balls off. And yeah. I'm finally not working my balls off. So I'm very excited to a little bit of downtime next week. Well, you have earned it. Hopefully you'll find some uh, some real joy in your um, relaxation time. You know, I'm just super excited that I'm going to be able to wake up and work out before the day really has to get started, but it won't have to happen at four. It can happen at 545. That sounds there you go. amazing. That does, that does sound nice. It's, four sounds very early. Four is very early. And, you know, I'm just hoping that we'll see if my body cooperates because my body has gotten very, very good at waking up of its own accord somewhere between around 340 and 355 every stinking morning. Illegal. <laughs> but how Shouldn't have you be been like doing? That, bodies. Been doing pretty good, trying to keep myself busy. Uh, my partner started her new job this week, so we've been adjusting to her new schedule because she goes in at seven every morning. Um, and she's not much of a morning person, but she's getting there. <laughs> uh, and has been in the past. She used to work when she was in college. She worked a job that started at seven a.m. So, but it's been a bit of a like we had to like ramp up to it a few weeks beforehand and be like, go to bed a little earlier, wake up a little earlier, go to bed a little earlier, wake up a little earlier. But uh been doing good so far so she's excited she's enjoying her new gig i'm enjoying my new gig it's it's new jobs all the way down here at shay elton jones that's fantastic that's excellent well what about any new anything fun or interesting that you've checked out in the last couple of weeks so uh i was looking for a new game because that happens you know you, you run out of things to do in the game that you're playing or you're like, nothing's really speaking to me. And I tried a bunch of different things. I tried four or five different games uh, and nothing was really grabbing my attention. Um, and so I decided, because I saw that it popped up on Game Pass, to try a game that I had tried previously to no avail, but it was on Game Pass and I heard that it was better now that it was the new version of it. And I was like... What the hell? So I started playing Persona 5 Royal. Oh. Do you know anything about the Persona games? You know, years ago, one of my go-to podcasts was the Giant Bombcast. And uh, I have since stopped listening. I don't even know if it's still happening. But... I don't know either. That poor website exploded so, so terribly over the last couple of years. It kind of did. I haven't been there in, in forever. But, you know, I really enjoyed listening to that. And I remember one of the people was doing a whole big playthrough for Persona 5. I don't know which version. And so that's basically the extent of my familiarity with Persona was hearing them talk about it on the Giant Bombcast, gosh, probably eight, nine years ago or seven, somewhere in there. Yeah, I think it came out in 2014 or 15. So it would have been... You know, the when it originally released, it would have been back then. And I think, I don't remember if it was Jeff or if it was Vinny, but one of those two played it. And uh, they talked about it a lot because it's a very long game, apparently, because I'm 20 hours in and I have not met over half of the main cast yet. Holy cow. So, like, this is, 
this is a game that is reliably for most people 80 to 120 130 hour game that is that 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 sounds overwhelming to me right now um it is but also if it's working for you that's just like a beautiful treat it's true it's a beautiful treat because like that's one of the things that i really love and have loved about final fantasy 14 is like once that game got its hooks in me that was thousands of hours of content i was good for years literal years with that being the game that i spent the vast majority of my time playing and i still play it quite a bit but you know i've seen most everything in that game after thousands of hours so now i'm looking for something new and i got persona on my ps4 a few years ago i tried it out and it just did not uh capture my attention for whatever reason but i had heard that it was vastly improved when royal came out this is a thing that they've done with the last three persona games is they basically do a remaster version of them with expanded content and more characters Mm -hmm. um and, you know, they did it with Persona 4. There's Persona 4 Golden. Um, I believe they did it with Persona 3 as well. I don't remember the subtitle. Uh, but they did it with Persona 5. It's Persona 5 Royal. Uh, and it showed up on Game Pass. So I was like, I, I'm already paying for it. I might as well give it a try again. Yeah. And definitely. for whatever reason, it's working for me this time. That's awesome. I'm really enjoying it. Like I said, I'm like 20 hours in. I've just captured my second heart. So things are going good. Uh I'm really enjoying it though. I think it's really classy. I think it's really stylish. Um, I have gotten over a lot of my biggest reservations with JRPG combat. I don't know how many, you know, I don't know how many JRPGs you've played. None. I've tried a Uh, couple different ones, but I bounce off them really hard, really fast. That's what happens to me too. Like the turn-based combat, I just, I guess I have to be in the right frame of mind for it. Because it's just so much slower and more deliberate than yeah. than what I'm used to. Because I'm usually, if I'm playing an RPG, it's usually an action RPG. And maybe that's why Final Fantasy 15 works so well for me. Because I love 15. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's a, an all-timer for me. I think Road Trippin' with the Boys is one of my favorite experiences in gaming. Uh, highly recommended if you wanted to have Baby's first JRPG. Because the combat is real-time. And... The biggest thing, you don't have to take control of the whole party. You take control of Noctis, and when your meters fill up, you say, hey, you click on your D-pad, and you say, hey, this person do a big attack. This person do a big attack. But it's all in real time. Um, And so it's a lot of action RPG feel to it, uh, while still having a whole party, having four people. Um, But that's not what most JRPGs are like, especially like... Megaten games, Shimigami Tensei games are all like traditional role play JRPG games, completely turn based because it doesn't even have active time battles. Like most every Final Fantasy since four on has had active time battles, even if they were turn based, where like your meter fills up and, and it takes a certain amount of time for you to be able to do your next attack. And certain people have longer times and certain people have shorter times, but it's still turn based. Mm-hmm. But this game is traditional. This is like Dragon Quest. This is like traditional turn based. My turn, my turn, enemy's turn, my turn, my turn, my turn, my turn, enemy's turn for each of my four characters or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it always, like, when you finish, it's always like, here's the XP you got. Here's the money you got. And 
so for me, most of the time, that's really kind of make made me hit the bricks where I'm like, why am I? It takes so long for me to get to the next thing because you've got to show me the victory screen and have everyone say, ah, oh, what a great battle and show mm-hmm. me all the stuff that I got. Um, but for whatever reason, I just don't care this time. Even though it's doing all that, it is egregiously doing all of that after every single fight you are seeing your whole team pose and multiple people saying we did it and then it takes four clicks to get back to the freaking overworld but it's still working for me for whatever reason nice i don't know i'm really enjoying it i w- obviously it's going to take a long time for me to finish listeners so i'm sure oh, you'll yeah. hear me say i am still working my way through <laughs> persona 5 royal Uh, But at this point, it's like, which of these uh, great people am I going to date? Because also this game has dating. And there's a bunch of eligible people for your main character to date. Uh, And they all seem to have lots of pluses and very few minuses. So it's going to be hard for me to choose which of these people should I date. That's an important decision. It can make and break a game for me. If a game has romance and it does it poorly... It's like game over for me, but if a game has romance and it does it well, even if the rest of the game is a mess, I'm looking at you, Dragon Age Inquisition. Mm-hmm. I'll play that thing three or four times because you got to find out how the different romances go. Yeah. No, Speaking point. of Dragon Age, did you hear Dragon Age Dreadwolf hit alpha this week? No, I did not. The entire game is playable. Wow. I am. That makes me think we're actually going to get a game from Bioware in the next 10 years. That would be great. I mean, I didn't think we would, you know, Dragon Age is one of those where I, and I feel like we have discussed this in the past and this is, I understand a heretical line of thinking, uh, but Dragon Age two is my favorite of the three. I don't. I don't think that that's as heretical as you think it is. In the circles that I travel, that is the accepted understanding. The accepted wisdom of the Dragon Age games is that, hey, this one gave you a good, compelling main character and interesting side characters and didn't dick around with world-changing stuff and was actually the best one, even though you can clearly tell that it's made with duct tape and bailing wire and has like three maps that they just use over and over and over and over again. It's still the best one. Yeah. I mean, you know, I liked the first one, but it was long enough and fiddly enough that that I just never went back to play it again with more than, you know, I made it through once with one type of character and wanted to go back and try different characters, different origins. But every time I think about it, I'm just like, Oh, it's just too much time. And yeah. man, Dragon Age Inquisition, that game was just a slog. They just so much potential yeah. wasted on MMO style faffery. Yeah. I mean, if, if they pulled that, if you went in and took out a lot of stuff from Inquisition, you would have a really good game, but you could cut comfortably 65 to 75% of that game yes. make the main make the main enemy like the main antagonist actually have a point and it could have been a really great 30 hour game yeah. but instead it's a mess of an 80 hour game that that doesn't has to just be. too much has too much going on there's there's entire maps that like you don't ever actually have to go through in the critical path and yeah. you're like 
Maybe you shouldn't have wasted all that time on those maps. But hey, fighting the dragons was fun. The dragon fights, just some of the most fun that I've had in a video game, those big dragon fights. But like the rest of that game is a big mess. But it does have some great side characters who I wanted to smooch. So I played that game three or four times. It has some interesting side characters. I keep thinking I'll go back and play it. And really what I need to do is I need to go to good old Nexus mods and find some mods that just allow me to completely OP the character and clean up a bunch of the stupid little side stuff and then just blast through it because there were aspects of it that I thought were interesting that I would like to go dive back into, but just too much, too much nonsense uh, around the main aspects of the game for me to feel like I'm going to devote my time to it without cutting out some of that crap or making it so that I can just blast through it. Agreed. I have re-downloaded it three or four times with the intention to replay it. It sits on my console's hard drive for two or three months, and then I delete it because I need the space for something else. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've the times. same thing on my PC a couple different times as well. But, you know, I did the same thing with The Witcher 3. I downloaded The Witcher 3 a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I'll replay The Witcher 3. I really liked that game. And I got about an hour in, and I haven't touched it since. (laughs) And then I've spent 20 hours in Persona, so I don't know that Witcher 3 is going to happen. I think it might be Persona. I mean, that's okay. That's okay. Play something new that you haven't played before. It's very cool. Anyway, uh, before we get to our topic du jour, uh... Quick check-in on She-Hulk. Quick spoiler-filled reaction to She-Hulk. What did you think of season one of She-Hulk when it was all said and done? I thought it was delightful. I thought it was great. I thought that it was self-aware enough. And and while I think, you know, in a previous week when you had seen the finale and I had not, you mentioned something about, you know, they, they they went some places and maybe didn't push as hard as they could. Uh, which, you know, I I can see that and I can agree with, but at the same time, uh, w- without totally spoiling the ending, which we will in just a second, I'm sure, uh, I liked that at the end of She-Hulk, it felt to me like this was Marvel saying, hey, douche canoes on the internet, we're going to make whatever kind of movies and shows we want and go screw yourself if you don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I do agree with that. So, full spoilers, Kevin. Kevin, K-E-V-I-N. That was pretty funny. I thought it was great. And and a little more trenchant than I expected it to be, because clearly it was poking fun at the fact that so many, as we have, as we have discussed on this very podcast, so many of the Marvel properties really just turn into a CGI slugfest in the last 15, 20 minutes, and they poked fun at that very thing, and I appreciated that very much. As did I. I. Again, I thought that it was it was an encouraging amount of self-awareness. Yes. Which, you know, makes me, you know, hopeful for future things. Um, it was great to see Daredevil again. Love any time uh, Charlie Cox is getting paid. Because pay that man. He's incredible and charming. And you need him on retainer, Disney. So keep paying that man to be in your well, shows. And the the chemistry between him and and Tatiana Maslany was just fantastic. Oh, incredible! They yeah. they have they have the chemistry those two. It's really good. Yep, agreed, agreed. Um, I think that 
uh, Scar being in it is terrible. And that probably took at least one or one and a half points on a scale out of 10 off the entire episode for me. Them shoehorning Scar in the very last bit of that episode, I was like, you didn't need to do that. That sucks. That really freaking sucks. You know, I don't know enough about the character. Uh, I don't care about myself. the character. I, I but, no one, no one knows anything about this character. It doesn't matter. But all it did was it was like, hey, we're gonna. The, here's the problem with it. It's not Scar specifically because who cares? The Hulk has a kid. Whatever. Screw it. Uh, it's the concept of like, hey, we're pushing back on all those things that like you guys make fun of us doing but here's the hook for the next project. Yes, and I was that, like, you didn't need to put that in there. If you hadn't put that in there, me. I would have respected you more. I don't care that it's Scar. It could have been Scar. It could have been Galactus. I don't give a shit who shows up. The fact that they were like, we got to bookend something in here because guess what? The Paramount uh, clock is ticking or universally, whoever the hell has the distribution rights for Hulk movies, that baby's ticking, baby. It's gone in like nine months and we can make a Hulk movie again. And yeah. it's just like, I don't uh, like. That was the one uh, thing that I just bad. felt was, and the saddest part about that is it felt like it sort of tainted that whole Fast and Furious esque final family dinner scene. Exactly. And, and it was a great scene. And, you know, again, you get back to just Charlie Cox being so good, like the family giving him a hard time and he, you know, managing it so well just with this, like, and so much charm. This, uh, uh I'm, I'm just here hanging out. And you basically guys already have us married off and having children. What? You know? Yep. And, and it was, it was fun and it was a wonderful way to end. And then all of a sudden, boom, there's Hulk and Scar. And I was like, oh man, you guys were so close. You, you were blew so close. it. You, were so you blew close. it in the last 30 seconds. Yep. That was my, really that, that part, I would agree with you that that was my main complaint and really my only complaint with, um, overall, I mean, there were little things here and there, but for the most part, I, I, I enjoyed it and I just thought. I thought it was, I thought it was great. And you know, that part, not so much, but I'm just kind of pretending that it didn't happen. Yeah, that's fair. And, uh, I, I like my, I I like Tatiana Maslany. We've talked at length about how much I like Tatiana Maslany. So I want her to be in lots of other projects coming out of Marvel. Get her in those Avenger movies, guys. Yes. Make her a part of the fantastic four as, as God intended. Because she yep. was a member of the Fantastic Four for a long time when the thing was not the thing. She was the heavy hitter on the Fantastic Four back in the 80s, the burn era. That is, so, yeah. No, I, I think that that sounds like uh, something that I am fully on board with. Anyway, yeah, She-Hulk. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Uh, looking forward to, I still, it, it's probably my favorite thing from Phase 4. But if anything, that talks about the, you know, my, my feelings of, I guess, Marvel fatigue with phase four, but Wakanda forever does come out in like two weeks. And that looks dope. It does. I, the, the premiere was last night, um, from when we were recording this. So there were multiple, uh, articles, uh, uh, aggregating all of the first impressions from Twitter. And it sounds like it's going to be really good. So I'm excited about it. Me too. I am definitely looking forward. Okay. So now on to our topic for the evening. Uh, 
I have not told Peter anything about what we're going to talk about today. I have no idea what's coming. And before we do our activity, uh, I just want to chat for a little bit about the concept uh, or like the, 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 the topic that we're going to be having a fun little activity with. Okay. What's your thoughts on, on mechs? On Mecca? What do you uh, think about Mecca? Man, Mecca goes back and it tickles me in a very, very, uh, a, a very deep, deep part of my psyche. Um, I grew up and, you know, I remember being late to school in third grade because Robotech started at eight o'clock in the morning, school started at eight thirty, and so I was like sprinting over to good old Tolman Elementary uh, as soon as like it was getting to the end and the credits are starting to roll and it's eight twenty-seven and I'm trying to hustle my butt over to to get to school because uh, man robots that that are planes that turn into robots that turn back into planes that turn into half robot plane things that still doesn't make any sense why you'd ever want to turn into a plane with legs hanging down the bottom but i didn't care they were big robots and they were freaking awesome i love big robots with people inside them or people not inside them but i love them you know i am also a huge fan of robots which is why we're going to be talking about big robots today. Yes. Uh, I, I love Mecca. I love that, you know, uh, we've talked at length about how much I love Godzilla. One of the very first, if not the very first Godzilla VHS I ever got was Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla um, from 1974, which gun to my head. That is still my favorite movie. It's not a good movie. It's one of the weaker entries in the Showa era. But damned if I don't love Mechagodzilla, and damned if I don't love Mechagodzilla being piloted remotely by weird green monkey people. <laughs> so, you know, I too have very fond memories from a very young age of of mechs. Um, and so I have a lot of uh, affection for them. But like, the fact of the matter is, as you pointed out yourself with Robotech, and as I, you know, talking about Godzilla... The vast majority of mech properties, I feel like, come from Japan. Yeah. Um, there are a few that are in the States um, to varying degrees of quality, but the vast majority come from Japan. And uh, for those who might not know, the biggest one is Gundam, let's be honest, in terms of like its cultural cachet, in terms of the amount of of shows that it has spawned. Gundam is like the the granddaddy, right? Yes. I mean, are, I don't know f- much about Gundam, but I do know I that say. it is ubiquitous when it comes to the kind of the mecha, uh, the, the mecha fiction, well, the mecha world. And the trick is, is it birthed an entire subgenre? Because before Gundam came out, the shows were super robot shows, which means that they were a lot more fantastical in the sort of things that they could do um, and the sort of powers that they had. Um and so they were called super robot shows because Gundam was a real robot show, meaning these are far more embodied devices. These are like, these are far less fantastical and far more like material, um, which, you know, is true also of Robotech. That's, that's real. That's real robot. That's not super robot. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Gundam is like, 
this shining beacon on a hill uh, that has been of varying qualities over the years. Um, and I had never seen Gundam when I was when I was younger, uh, but I fall I subscribed to a Patreon for a podcast called The Great Gundam Project, which is a very ambitious project where these two cultural critics who I really like, um, basically what they do is every single week they watch two episodes of Gundam in release order. So they watched all of Mobile Suit Gundam and then all of Mobile Suit Gundam Zeta and then all of Double Zeta Gundam and, you know, have worked their way through the entire uh, Gundam catalog in a project that's going to, when it's all said and done, take, I think, 11 or 12 years. That's impressive. Which, like, it is impressive. And they've been doing it for five or so at this point. Like, they're, they're into the 2000s at this point, starting in 1979. They're in the early 2000s in terms of releases. Um, but I, you know, it's a podcast who I have, I have a lot of love for, but I had never watched any Gundam before I started listening to this podcast. Uh, but I have since watched a few Gundam shows. I've watched the original Gundam. I've watched Zeta. I've watched double Zeta. Um, I've watched turn a, and I'm currently watching, um, because it is currently airing right now. Four episodes are out next Sunday. Episode five comes out the current Gundam show, which is called mobile suit Gundam, the witch from Mercury. Ooh. And let me tell you, Peter, uh, it's good. It's really, really f***ing good. It's one of the best shows I have seen in a very long time. Nice. The thing about it is it's the first time that we've had a female Gundam main character. There have been plenty of side characters or deuteroagonists in Gundam that were women, but there's never been a protagonist that was a woman in a Gundam show, like a series. There have uh-huh. been a couple like movies or OVAs that had female main characters, but this is the first time that the main character for a 26-episode anime is a girl. Um, so that alone makes it stand out from its brethren in the Gundam catalog. Sure. Number two, the design is real good. The, the new Gundam design is real choice. And number three, I think she's a lesbian. I think that we're going to say, hey, let's have our first Gundam with the female protagonist, and then let's have it be a recreation or a riff on Revolutionary Girl Utena, one of the influential anime of the mid-90s, one of my personal favorites. Have you ever heard of Revolutionary Girl Utena at all? I have not. It's it's a banger. It's it huge caveats when I recommend it to people because there are a lot of content warnings that I would give someone who wanted to watch Utena, but I have a lot of love for that show. And the the plot of that show essentially is that there is this school and the school council is trying to bring about revolution. What does that mean? It's all metaphorical. It doesn't matter. But one of the things that they need to do is they need to marry the bride. Um, so whoever has won the duels is the uh, fiancé to the bride. Uh, and in the very first episode, Utena, who's the main character, uh, uh, Utena Tenju, sees the head of the school council treating this girl really badly and like steps in and is like, no, this is not okay. You can't treat someone like that and inadvertently gets herself involved in this dueling system, wins the hand of the bride, so has to become the bridegroom. And so then it is weird, 
like questions of gender and because Utena had always wanted to become a knight because she was saved by a knight when she was younger. And that's a man's job, but she doesn't care. She's going to become a knight anyway. Um, so it has lots of really weird questions about gender and, and performativity of gender and the way that gender relations work. Um, but ultimately, by the end of the OVA, it's about two girls who are in love with each other. And like that's where the show ends. And Witch from Mercury is doing the same thing. There is a school. There is a dueling system. Whoever wins the, the main duel is the holder, the fiancé of the bride. And Suleta, the main character, gets herself involved in some shenanigans and accidentally becomes the bridegroom. Uh, and it's just extremely charming. Uh, it's a very good show. Um, the animation looks stellar. The character, uh, you know, the character designs are great. The mech designs are great. The fights are kinetic and fun. And I'm really just having a really good time watching this show every Sunday when it comes out. So I was thinking about mechs, thinking about this new Gundam, thinking about old Gundams, thinking about all sorts of mechs. And so what we're going to do today, I have put together a collection of 20 famous mechs from different properties, both Eastern and Western. And we are just going to rate them on a scale of one to five and then talk about why. Oh, I like it. So let me in the chat send you the link to the OneDrive. Come on, little uh, keyboard, wake up. My Bluetooth keyboard turned itself off. So I've sent you a link to the OneDrive. You should be able to access it because I think I have it set to anyone I share it with can open it. Yep, I am looking at a collection of mechs. All right, I put them in order that I want us to do them in. So pop open the first one and we're gonna go in order and talk about these 20 mechs and then be like, what's this show? Have you ever seen this show? Look at the design, especially if you don't know it. Look at this design. What is this? What speaks to you about this design? What is good? What is bad? And then on a scale of one to five, where does this mech sit? So our very first mech that we're going to be talking about is the original, the Grandpa Gundam, the Gundam RX 78-2 from 1979's Mobile Suit Gundam. What do you think about this mech, Peter? I mean, it's a classic. It looks it, it, so good, right? Yeah, I, I, you know, it's a classic. I have no idea what the round things sticking up behind him are because I haven't seen. Gundam, that's his maybe. sabers. Okay, cool. That's its. But that's just, its laser sabers. Like it doesn't matter because they look cool. No, they look real cool. And then he reaches up there, and pops it out, and it's a freaking lightsaber. That's all awesome. that he uses to dismember the Xeon uh, mobile suits. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah, no, it, I mean, again, even not having ever seen anything of Gundam, I see this robot and instantly I know, oh, yep, that's Gundam. It, it's, it's just iconic. The colors, really they pop. You've got the, the majority of the body being white. You've got the torso with the red and the blue and the yellow. You've got the red feet. You've got the weird double antennas sticking out of its head. It's just iconic. And every Gundam that's come out since has been chasing this high. And most of them have not succeeded in reaching this high again. You know, it's, it's a great, it is a great uh, design. I, and I, I really don't you have know, anything if you've not, negative about it. 
there's nothing negative to say. It's it's like perfect. I don't know how they did it so well the very first time. But like, you know, it is it is so intimidating looking. Like the thing about Gundam, again, if you've never watched Gundam, you might not realize Gundam is usually a show about why war is bad and that child soldiers get fought have to fight in wars and that this is completely immoral. And then most people don't realize that that's what the vast majority of Gundam is about, is about trauma and war and genocide and all these sorts of things. And they say, wow, cool robot. And that's because the robot looks so cool. Like, there's a reason this is called the white devil in the show, because it murders people literally all the time. But it looks so cool while doing it. Yeah, I agree. So, scale of one to five, what are you giving the Gundam RX-78-2. And five being best? Five being best. I mean, I, I'm I'm right there between a four and a five. I don't know I, if I'm I all gotta the way give to it five, a five, but I'm pretty doggone close. I mean, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't argue with a five. It's so good. It's such a good design. Anyway, I give it a five. I think that the Gundam is a great design. Yeah, all no, right. I agree. It is. It is an excellent, excellent uh, design. Our next mech, we have the Evangelion Unit 01. Have you ever watched Ava? No. You should maybe watch. Also, huge caveats when you recommend Ava to anyone. Like, yeah. basically all anime in the 90s comes with huge caveats. Um, but this is also one of those. Uh, I think it's really good, though. I think that it lives up to the hype. Um, this is the main suit of the main character shinji there's lots of other suits but this is like the iconic suit okay what do you think about the ava unit one i don't like it it's real ugly that's the thing about really ugly they're real ugly and like i feel like this design is explicitly like a spit in the face to the gundam design yes that's just what i was thinking this this feels like the anti-gundam yes it has a more like biological looking face, which again makes sense if you know anything about the show. There's a reason why it seems a little more biological and a little less mechanical than the Gundam does. But also it's in like this like purple, black, and green lurid coloring. And it's just, yeah, it's the anti-Gundam in a lot of ways. Well, and it's also from just sort of a build of the, of the thing standpoint, it's a much more kind of slight, uh, yes, much thinner, doesn't have that same, like you look at the Gundam and you think, okay, this is like, this thing's here to, to, you know, some, to really mess some stuff up. And you look at this one and you're like, oh, this is kind of the sneaky, going to like stab you in the back kind of like, I just look at this robot and I go, "Eh, this is like a, this is a bit of a, a cowardly appearing robot, whether it is or not. This is just, this is a thief robot. Yeah. The Gundam is is a paladin. This is a thief. This is, this is a thief. This is a rogue. This is a, you know, backstabbing little SOB with some really weird shoulders. Real weird shoulders. Those are the way that it gets transported. It doesn't matter. It's got weird design. I like Ava, but I think that the design of the Ava units is not the best. What would you give this on a scale of one to five? 
see, it's it's tough because we're so early in, and I, you know, I don't know for sure what to compare to overall. But I mean, this is right down in the one to two range for me. Like, I kind of am gonna go with. I think I'm gonna go okay. with the one because I look at it and I just go, nothing about this makes me want to watch the show that this is in. Okay, and that's I, all I can base it on because I don't know anything that's about fair. it. I just look at it and go, yeah, no, I'm not interested. I give Ava Unit 1 a 3 because okay. of my fondness for the show, but it is an ugly sucker. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up, number three. I put this one on here just for you. Yep. It's the Valkyrie Gerwak friends from Robotech, from Macross, Super Dimensional Fortress Macross. And here's the thing. The Gerwaks are great. Like, the Valkyrie is such a cool design. Like you even said earlier... It's stupid. Does it is it stupid. To be, it's totally does stupid. Does it need to be half half jet, half robot? Why not just finish changing? They look much because cooler cool. when they are fully robot, but man, I don't know. There's just, again, this just hits me in the nostalgia, yeah, with the nostalgia factor. Cause I look at this and I'm like, yeah, I remember these things like still swooping around with their gun in hand, but then the top half is still a freaking airplane with wings sticking out. And yeah. it's kind of dopey, but it also is kind of freaking cool. I guess it's mobility. I guess it's exactly what you're saying, where like, if you're in full jet mode, you're fast. You can go real far, you can go real fast. If you're in full robot mode, you can't fly anymore. But in yeah. this, you can fly while you can still shoot with your wrist or shoot with the gun in your hand. That's true. That's an excellent point. Uh, have you, I know you picked up those Robotech DVDs. Have you watched them at all yet? I have not had time, unfortunately. You've been busy. I have. But one of these days, one of these days, I didn't buy them for nothing. There you go. That's exactly it. So, scale of one to five, the Valkyrie Gerwak, what do you give it? And, and I'm going off the I'm going off what we have here to look at. I'm giving this a four. I'm not going all the That's way to fair. five. Because I don't like the brown version. I like some of the other colors. If it had been like one of the other color ones, it would have been a five for me. But this one, okay. I'm giving it a four. That's fair. I, I This one is a solid middle of the pack for me. I'm giving it a three. I think you're right. If I had picked a different color, maybe I'd feel different. But this was just the good picture that I found. No, no, totally great. It's, it's, it's representative because, again, not all of them looked good as cool as the others. There were different color schemes. And, and so, you know, not all of them slap quite as hard. It's very true. All right. So next up, number four, another classic from our youth, the <laughs> Dino Megazord. Here's the thing about the Dino Megazord. It's fun because it's a dude in the suit, but it kind of looks like garbage. Oh, it totally looks like garbage. <laughs> it's not a good, it's not a, it's not the best Power Rangers or Super Sentai uh, suit. But here's the thing. Most Sentai uh, mecha is bad, I think. Yeah, this, I think this most of the Power Rangers suits are just not good. But it's a classic from our it youth. Is. A little bit more your youth than mine. That's true. You're a bit older than me. This came out when I was like nine or 10. So you would have been like, like 16 or 17 and being like, what are you watching? Why are they beating up those Green, those those gray men with the funny faces and i'd be like those are the putties yep uh i remember anyway, you watching this stuff but it doesn't a, hit me quite in the same you know the nostalgia well here's the things. thing 
Do you know what's better than this that I did not put on the list? Voltron. I know. I saw that Voltron wasn't in there, and I'm like lamenting Voltron's not on there. I put this as like a combiner mech because I feel like it's more uh, well-known to people, but Voltron is a better look. And I don't think that's just because we owned that big Voltron toy when we were kids that you had that I inherited from you. Oh, yeah. But I think that that helps. I think think that helps. So, Dino Megazord, what are you thinking? Uh, This is a two. I'm with you. I think it's a two. I think it's, yeah, it's very mid- it's not the worst, but it's it's kind of meh. Yes. All right. Next up, we have the Space Runaway Ideon. Look at this silly mech. <laughs> I'm looking. I, I'm looking. I love Ideon as a show, but this mech is so dumb looking. It's like, <laughs> what if we took like the waste of the Gundam and then put some boxes next to it. Yeah. It's here's the thing. Edeon rules. Edeon was the show that, uh, Tomino, the guy who invented Gundam after he finished making Gundam, he went on to make this show space runaway Edeon. And it's incredible. It deals with some concepts that are just absolutely, absolutely. outre, like out there in the stratosphere of ideas for a kid's cartoon. But, the Ideon's kind of a dumb-looking robot. It's also enormous. That's the thing that is, you don't get the scale of it here. It's so much bigger than those other mechs. Interesting. It's like hundreds upon hundreds of feet tall as opposed to dozens and dozens of feet tall. Huh. Yeah, it looks but stupid. I, it, it, I, love, I love the show, but it's like a two. Yeah, no, this looks like the robot who's going to try and, like, sell you an extended warranty for your mecha. Yeah, it's not a good design. Sorry, Edeon. No. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. At best, it's a two. I like the color scheme kind of, sort of, so that's why it's not a one. But everything I give it a two on the strength of it having axes on its feet. Yes. Yep. That's I'll, cool. I'll, I'll give you that for sure. But, you know, other than that, it's mid. All right, Very next mid. up, we have a Western mech, finally. We have the Battletech. Awesome. Is it, though? I mean, if you like kind of brown, turdy-looking things, then I guess it's awesome. Here's the thing. The thing about Battletech is when they were stealing mech designs without crediting them from Japanese shows and Japanese media, Battletech looked cool. And then they got sued nearly into oblivion and had to redesign all of their mechs. And whoever they hired to design all their mechs is bad at mech design. Because, like, this is about as good as a Battletech mech looks. Ooh, that's bad. Because this is rough. This is rough looking. And that was the that was maybe my biggest disappointment with playing that Battletech tactics game. I thoroughly enjoyed myself i played that game for 35 40 hours and just like had the time of my life i still think it is a stellar tactics game if you like tactics but don't pay attention to the mechs because they're dog shit ugly all of them every single one yeah this is not good looking. if you could take if you could take the tactics like the 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 battle system that that game uses and do like 08th ms team gundam in it I would mark out because the mechs would look cool, 
But no, uh, this is a solid one, and that is basically the best Battletech mech they have. Yeah, no, I'm totally on board with the one. It's, it's a garbage design. It looks a little better maybe if you paint it. I painted all of mine a nice green with white accents in Battletech, and so they looked a little better than this, but no, it's bad. Yep. Battletech, you blew it. Totally. Next up, we have... I think maybe the best mech on this entire list. Okay. And that is the Scope Dog from Armored Trooper Vodums. This is such, like, a unique-looking mech in comparison to all these other mechs because this looks like this should be a an enemy mech, not a hero mech. Yeah, true. This looks... This evokes... The Zaku, the Zaku Two from Mobile Suit Gundam, um, in terms of its color scheme, in terms of its bulbous head, all that sort of stuff. But I think that this is such a cool design. Part of that is this is a very small mech. Um, it's maybe three times taller than a human. Okay. It's maybe eighteen feet tall, and like the person has to sit kind of cramped in the torso, and like they look out of the head of the scope dog. Like it's okay. not, they're just in the torso. It's so it's a lot smaller than the other ones. Another cool thing that the scope dog can do. If you look at the feet, do you see how there's those like kind of triangles with the three circles on them uh-huh. on the sides of the feet? Yeah. What the scope dog does in terms of mobility, because it has like wheels underneath in its feet. So it's got heelys basically when it needs to. <laughs> okay. But what it can do to turn fast those babies will slam down into the ground and clamp onto the ground so that the mech can make like turns on a dime while on its heels. It's cool as shit. It's very cool. I understand that the scope dog is not everybody's cup of tea, but I genuinely think it's maybe my favorite mech design. It's just bulky and like asymmetrical without being too asymmetrical. And just, it, it just, screams like I'm a grunt and I'm going to die in a war. (laughs) (laughs) I I am not a hero suit. I am a grunt suit. That's what a scope dog looks like. And I just think it's very cool. What do you think? Uh, It is interesting. And with everything that you've kind of uh, mentioned, I can see sort of what your, your thoughts are with this. Uh, It doesn't do a ton for me. That's fair. Um, You haven't seen bottoms. Yeah, so for me, it's kind of a it's a solid three. Yeah, I I like I said, Scope Dog is maybe my favorite mech, so it gets a five out of five for me. Nice. Part of that comes, I think, probably is influenced by the fact that I think Armor Trooper Vodums is one of the best shows ever made. Awesome. Um, it's very good, uh, but I I really like the Scope Dog a lot. Cool. All right, next up we have one ugly sucker. Oh my gosh, this is awful. This is the Big O. Have you ever heard of the Big O? (laughs) No, I have not. The Big O is a great show. It's not, it's a bad design. But here's the premise of the show, The Big O. What if we were the Taiwanese company that animated the vast majority of the episodes of Batman, the animated series, and we were hired by a Japanese firm to make, what if Batman, but he piloted this mech called The Big O? (laughs) Okay. 
And that's basically the premise of the big O. It's like, what if Batman, but in a weird dystopian future, and instead of being Batman when it's time for him to fight the bad guys, he gets into the ugliest mech. Oh, yeah. This is terrible. Named The Big O. Great show. It's a great show. It's a great show. The design okay. is just garbo. It's yeah, absolute no, garbage. It's one out of ten. Or one oh. out of one out of ten. One out of five for sure. But one out of ten maybe. Yeah, no, I agree. This is this is by far the worst we've had yet. It's a cool show though. What if I Batman mean, but he but he drove a mech? It's very cool. Like th- this mech's head is like a third the size of its hands. This is another one of those mechs that is extremely large. This is like size of buildings large, not like yeah. si- size of skyscrapers large, not size of like, you know, s- two-story buildings large. Still. Silly. But still. Not a fan. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Nope. Agreed. Big O's bad. Next up, we have our most iconic super robot of all super robot mecha, Mazinger Z. Classic design doesn't really do it for me. No, it's super boring. And maybe that's, again, this is a 70s show, and this is what 70s design looks like. There was way less greebles, it was way simpler, and super robots are also way more simple than a real robot is. Sure. But, like, it just doesn't do it for me. I want to like the Mazinger, but I don't like the Mazinger. No, I mean, the colors are decent, but they also feel similar to a lot of things, and in part because things borrowed from this, if this is, you know. I mean, that's part of the problem. This is from 73. So, uh, you know, I, I like the color scheme, but it's, it's just too bland. It's just too plain and too, it's too cylindrical. Yeah. And it's like somebody took a good a, way. You know, it's, it, this is the kind of design that, you know, your, your six or seven year old would make with the leftover paper towel and toilet roll, toilet paper rolls. Yeah. Also, what's with those things on his chest? How you raise your hands above your chest? Those stick out so far. Yeah, it's true. And they're just going to get in the way. They don't serve any purpose. It's true. It is a cool face. I'll give the Mazinger that. It has a cool face. But the rest of it is kind of garbage. I give it a two. Yep. I'm right there as well. Two. Solid two. All right. Next up, we have the Turn A Gundam from the eponymous series Turn A Gundam. This is a very unique Gundam because it was not designed by a Japanese designer. Have you ever heard of Sid Mead? I don't think so. He is a very famous designer um, uh, from the U.S., or maybe not the U.S. Uh, He was an American industrial designer and neo-futurist concept artist. He is the guy who made all of everything that was not the alien in the movie Aliens. Oh, okay. He's the one who designed Tron and what Tron looks like. He's the guy who designed what the world of Blade Runner looks like. So like one of the most influential concept artists of all time. Yeah. And then in the late nineties, they were like, Hey, do you want to make a Gundam for us? And he was like, what if I put its antenna uh, as a mustache? (laughs) Excuse me, Sid. Excuse. Yeah. Anyway, I love the turn A because of its audacity, but it's a dog ugly mech. I give it a three. You know, you can see the Gundam lineage in terms of the colors with a lot of the white. And then again, the blue and the yellow and the red on the torso and stuff. Um, it, it's just, 
I don't find it offensive. I just don't find it. It's not exciting. So yeah, I'm in like the two to three range. Yeah. The thing about turn a Gundam is I really love the show. I think that it does a lot of really interesting things as an idea, but the turn a itself is just a weird looking Gundam. It's not, it's better than a lot of them, which is, I, I don't know if it's just cause I love the original Gundam so much that most Gundam since I have felt less strong towards here's the thing my very favorite gundam of all time i did not put on the list because it is not uh it's not iconic enough uh but i will put it in the chat for you it's called the hyakushiki and it is my all-time favorite gundam uh it is not actually a gundam but it is a gundam uh so i'm gonna paste this in the chat to you so that you can see what my all-time favorite gundam is but it's from Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam, the second Gundam series. And it is just basically, what if we took the Gundam and made it cool? Yeah, that's a good looking, that's a good looking robot right there. Hyakushiki is very good. Um, and so obviously the turn A is no Hyakushiki. Everything else that's come out since is also not one of these. Like, don't really care for like the, the X, the Gundam X is pretty okay, but not as good. The Victory Gundam is too small, and it's weird how its legs pop off, and all sorts of weird things about Gundam. But the Turn A is just like kind of a classic Gundam. Not too much greebliness, but enough that it feels like, here's a bunch of panels. This is a thing that is put together of panels. Yeah, I can see that for sure. But also, just moving the antenna to the mustache is just a funny choice. No Gundam since has had the audacity to be like, what if we just took the thing on the forehead and put it on the mouth? So I like the turn A for that. I give it props for that. You know, it's got kind of a snidely whiplash thing going on. There you go. I like that. All right. Next up, we have the classic Gypsy Danger. Sorry about the slur in the name of it. Guillermo del Toro (laughs) from Pacific Rim. What do you think? I love this robot. I think this robot's great. Um, I agree. I think, I think it's it a looks great cool. design. I think its weapons are cool. Like I, this is a solid five for me. I think it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I really love Pacific Rim. I think it is one of my favorite guilty. It's not a guilty pleasure. One of my favorite turn my brain off and just watch a fun mech movie. Yep. Uh, movies. Totally. The sequel, not as good, but I still like it. But Gypsy Danger yeah. Just 10 out of 10 design. It's so good. Yep. I agree. This is an excellent one. Love it. Next up, you're asking yourself, (laughs) you said, you said Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla was your favorite movie. So why did you not put the 74 Mechagoji on this list? Why is Kiryu on this list? Listener, Kiryu is on this list because he's even better designed than the 74 Mechagodzilla. He looks amazing. This is the epitome of a Mechagodzilla design. This is king shit right here. (laughs) Because here's the thing. Mechagodzilla from 74, from uh, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, Terror of Mechagodzilla, great design. Really bulky, fat, kind of funny looking, head spins, fingers turn into missiles, silly. Love it. 90s, Heishi era. Mechagodzilla comes out, terrible. Heishi Mechagodzilla, garbage. Hate it. Head too small. Head is too small. And then in the Millennium era, they give me Kiryu, which is such a good design. 
and is built on the conceit of, do you know what's inside that mecha? Godzilla's bones. Oh, nice. Because the 1954 movie is canon to basically every Godzilla movie until Shin Godzilla in 2016. So Mecha Go- so Godzilla died or was and either died and stayed dead or died and was regenerated depending on which Godzilla series. But in this series, God- the Godzilla that attacked in 54 stayed dead. We used his bones to build a mech. Oh, so then when go. a new God when a new Godzilla appears, it's like Godzilla on Godzilla action. All sorts of psychic trauma because I have the bones and spirit of original Godzilla inside of me, piloted by very cool women. Kiryu rules. Love Kiryu. Five out of five. Yeah, I, I think I could be on board with a five out of five for this one. It just, it does. It looks awesome. They're very good movies too. If if anyone was like, I want to watch a Godzilla movie, but I don't want it to be so silly, I would say watch Godzilla against Mechagodzilla and Tokyo SOS. They're both solid. Excellent. All right. Next up, we have the Gunbuster. <laughs> this is another huge one. Another. What is? What is it about the shoulders on so many of these mechs? I mean, maybe this is where the shoulder pad craze of the '80s really got their inspiration. I guess. Because these are like, intense. I see the bones of a really great mech in the Gunbuster, and then you ruined it by putting those two huge shoulder pads on it. Yeah, that's that's just ridiculous. It just looks very silly. And it seemed to be like a trend in in like Jap in Japan. Like, have you ever seen G two uh, style Optimus Prime? Suddenly uh-huh. he has enormous shoulders, and you're like, "What? What are you doing? Why are you doing it this way?" He was perfect. G one is perfect you don't why did you mess with perfection by making it worse but uh gunbuster i'm giving a two two it would be yep. a four if it didn't have those huge shoulders but it is a two yeah because I agree. Of the shoulders definitely next up we have another western mecca we have the ogre from titanfall here's the thing titanfall great game so much fun mechs are boring yeah i don't know i i liked them I thought they were it's right. fine. It's fine. But where's the pizzazz, guys? Where's the pizzazz? Oh, no. These were very workmanlike mechs in, in Titanfall. They were very... Uh, th- there's no pizzazz in them, really. Better, better than Battletech. Oh, definitely, definitely. better than Battletech. But in terms of design, in Western Mecha, we're not hitting Pacific Rim levels here. This is no. like a solid three, three and a half. Yep, that's right where I was. Is This is a three. I like him. I like that he talks to me. I like that we win uh, in the game, but it's not a great design. No, very middle of the road. Okay, next up. All cops are bastards, but what if cops had a cool robot called a Pat Labor? <laughs> this is the Pat Labor from the tv show pat labor which is about cops and these are their robots that they have again smaller a little bit smaller than a lot of these other mechs i like a lot of what the pat labor is doing but it just feels derivative of so many other things that yeah it's one of those things i've never heard i've never heard of pat labor but i look at it and it instantly feels kind of familiar but not in like an iconic way like a in a 
Oh, you didn't come up with too much original, so you just made me think of something that I'd already seen. Yeah, it looks a little too much like a Gundam. Let's be perfectly honest. Yeah, it really not does. the not the Grandpa Gundam. It looks like you know the F ninety one. It looks like the new Gundam from uh, Shars Counterattack, yeah. but it doesn't really work. I give it a two. I yeah. want to like Pat Labor robots, but they're not. Also, they're cops, and we all know how I feel about cops. So. <laughs> No, Maybe on, a negative 15 because they're cops. But in terms of design, it's a two. Yeah, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. All right. Next up. Wow. A divisive choice. Wow. But a real winner for me. This is God Ray Earth, which is a combination of Ray Earth and two other mechs. This is from the uh, the manga and I guess also the anime. I've never watched the show, but it's one of my all time favorite comics called magic Knight Ray earth. Um, they each have mechs and then the mechs combine into one big mech called the God Ray earth. And that's cool. This is a good design. <laughs> Do you know who's good at making designs? Clamp is good at making designs. Clamp is the collective, uh, artist collective that made Ray earth made card capture Sakura. Even if you don't like, Cardcaptor Sakura, which I understand is not very good, but the designs of Sakura's clothing are so good. Like these, these are women who know how to design things. It's got the shoulder thing going on though. I, I give it a pass though. <laughs> it's the Ray Earth. I love it. <laughs> so is this, what, what are you giving this? Is this a five? Oh, this is, this is a, I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four. The thing is, is it only has the pointy shoulders in the combined mode okay. when all three of them are together. When there are three separate mechs, uh, you've got Solace, Ray Earth, and Wyndham. Those are the three separate mechs. None of them have huge shoulder blades. They only get the huge shoulder blades when they combine into one. They're all very cool designs. Uh, but I could only put one, so I put the god. The god. <laughs> it's cool. All what right. are you giving it? It's got a you tail know, and it, wings. It, 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 it has a tail and it has wings and, uh, the shoulder, the egregiousness of the shoulders is minimized by the wings. So I'm going to bump it because of the wings. Um, it bumps it up to a three for me. Okay. Okay. Wyndham gives it the wings, obviously, cause he's a robot that has wings. There you go. It's good. I really like Ray Earth. It's cool. It's good design. Next up we have, what is this thing? That is terrible. This is the Escaflone from Vision of Escaflone. It is a show that has been recommended to me for years. And when I hear about the premise about it being an isekai and this girl getting transported to this world where there's like magic, but also mechs. And I'm like, okay, I like girls who are transported isekai style to a world where there's mechs and, uh, and magic. Literally the last one, Magic Knight Ray Earth is about that exact premise. This, however, is a garbage mech design. It is the Steve Urkel of mech designs. The yeah, legs where, why go are his legs all the way so up. Long. And not in a good way. Like, no. usually when people say, huh, those legs go all the way to the top, it's because someone has sexy long legs. This just has weird, dumpy long legs. Yeah, no, these are lumpy, dumpy, like, this just looks like somebody kind of, you know... It's like somebody started modeling something with clay and they got their proportions all wrong and then they just never finished it and they left it looking kind of like somebody half stepped on it. Yeah, the Escaflon. I've heard so many good things about the show, but this mech is so ugly that it puts me off of watching the show. Oh, no, this is a, this is a one. 
This is it's a totally. One. This is a one. It's a it, one. It's why a does one. it have a? Why does it have a cape? Why does it have a no jewel capes. on its chest? And and yeah, no. This is this. That's an ugly. That is an ugly mech. All right. Next up, we have the Strelitzia from <laughs> Darling in the Franks. What is with the shoulders, guys? <laughs> Oh, oh boy i was not prepared for this one <laughs> this one is like what if mechs were dainty and tiny and had boobs but also the biggest shoulders you've ever seen yeah this, this one's ridiculous and it looks like they're Excuse? walking on their point shoes yeah like this is a bad design and i've heard nothing but bad things about the show it comes from but i knew i needed to get at least one darling in the franks uh like this is a show that the mechs require two pilots, um, one of whom sits doggy style in front of the other one so that their ass is right in the other pilot's face. And it's basically like supposed to be like sex, basically. But it's like, what is what? What? Yeah. No. Sounds like garbage. Have not seen it. Will not see it. Look at this design. This is terrible. I'm out. I'm out. Yep. This is darling this is in the Franks. Zero out of five. Because <laughs> I didn't say zero, but it's bad. It is really bad. Very bottom of the barrel. All right. I mean, I think I might even take maybe the our worst dumpy. one. The, yeah, I, I was gonna say I'd take the lumpy dumpy dude before this one. Maybe our worst one. Next up, our penultimate one, the Gurren Lagan. What if your mech had two faces? <laughs> a face on its chest, and one of them was in his face. chest. And then massive Here's shoulders the th- again. We've got the big shoulders. Yeah, it's big shoulders. The thing about Gurren Lagan that I think is interesting in comparison to other mech shows is every single mech has a face on it because it can turn headmaster style into the head of another bigger mech. Mm. So like that little head at the very top pops off and is its own little mech. Hmm. And then it joins to this bigger body, but it's also got a big chest, a big face in its chest because it will also join to another bigger mech, which could join to another bigger mech, which could join to a battleship that is also a mech. So, so we just conceptually, have recursive mech joining. Conceptually, here for that. But in terms of design, I don't like the Gurren Lagan very much. No, I don't either. It's it's very silly that it has a. Uh, huge shades that look like one of the main characters on its chest on its face chest but it's it's kind of a garbage design well and it's got these weird things sticking out the back that just look super impractical you're trying to cruise around and those are just going to get caught in things they're going to get in the way they're going to slow you down they're going to mess right yeah i think there may be wings i don't remember it's been a long time since i watched the show yeah it's a two i give the girl in a two it's a two i agree all right, and last up, we have the Gundam Ariel. This is the Gundam from that new show that I've been watching, which for Mercury. Okay. This is the brand new, newest Gundam. Here's the thing. You look at it and you're like, I like it, but it's a little chunky. And it's a What's little What's the deal busy. there? Why is it so chunky? Because uh, half of it pops off and becomes a shield. Oh which is extremely cool in the show when like all of the bits, like, like the little blue shoulder pads pop off the, uh, the wrist guards pop off the shin guards pop off the like two kind of like skirt pieces on the back pop off. Mm -hmm. And all of those things combine to make the shield. 
Okay. And that is extremely cool. But when all the pieces are attached, it's maybe a little too busy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely got the, it is recognizably a Gundam. Yes. You know, they, they managed to nail that kind of getting it to the point where you look at it and you know that this is a variation of a Gundam. But it's yeah. a little too waspish. It's a little too, again, busy to really, when you just look at the picture itself, you go, mm, again, maybe simplify it a little bit and it would crank it up a, a slot or two for me. For me, yeah, it's, that's it's very cool. Fair. It's cool, but it's, I mean, it's a three for me. It's a three. I, I, I'm really enjoying the show. So I would give it a four. Um, sure. on strength of the show. But here, let me send you the version where all of those parts have popped off and become the shield. And maybe I should have included this one because I think the design is so much cleaner when that does they're look on much the better. shield. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah, that looks cool. I like cool. this Gundam a lot. I love that um, it's her little sister, basically, because it has been her mom's pet project is to get this this mech up and running so she has always seen it as like her little sister because her mom had her and then her mom had the gundam ariel and so i think that that's very cute also she's already in the prologue uh committed various and sundry murders uh in this mech (laughs) because of the way that she can interface with it when she was a four-year-old so the horrors of war start early in this new Gundam show because she straight up mercs some dudes and as their mechs explode, she's like, Mom, it's like fireworks or confetti. (laughs) And you're like, the child is murdering these people. Gundam, what are you doing? That's funny. It's a cool show. I'm really enjoying it. Um, But yeah, I I give the the Ariel a strong four. I'm very excited to see if most Gundam suits have a second version because they get damaged and have to be rebuilt or they need new parts because of XYZ reason. I'm very curious to see if the Ariel gets any of those uh, upgrades. And if so, if it looks better, I'm very excited about that prospect. Yeah, no, it's the second picture you sent with the shield uh, moves it up to a four for me. That's a good, that's a a good, good it's a good Gundam design. Also, another thing I have to note, the, uh, the like dark charcoal bits, uh, like the stripes on the chest and on the thighs and the shoulders, uh, uh, when it goes like sicko mode, those have like lights that run down them before it does its big attacks. And that's dope as hell. It's extremely cool when those babies light up in these like red, like, uh, they almost look like, like a Tron esque, like light thing that goes down it. And then you know that the Gundam's going sicko mode. Uh, And that's very cool. It's a cool design. I like the aerial a lot. Yeah, no, it's cool. So does this make you want to watch more Mecha shows, Peter? Kind of, sort (laughs) of. Yeah. There's a part (laughs) of me that it does. And then there's the other part of me that, you know, maybe if we were having this discussion in a week and a half after I've had some time off, I'd be like, yes, right now I am still, I still have one episode of rings of power to catch up on because I just didn't even have the energy to watch TV these last three weeks that I was on call. So yes, kind of, sort of like it definitely gives me, it makes me intrigued. It makes me go, Oh, that would be cool. 
Um, whether or not it's actually going to happen, that's a different story. But it definitely intrigues me. It did make I me will think, say I need to go back and watch Pacific Rim again. It, I mean, yeah, Pacific Rim is real good. That uh, I, I, you know, I just read a friend talking about Pacific Rim uh, earlier this week, and she asserted that the training scene between Raleigh and Mako is uh, the most sex that she's ever seen in a movie without it being sex. <laughs> and I like, it's that. true. It's pretty sexy. It's extremely sexy how he's like, hey, you're really hot. And she's like, I have a job to do. And then they start fighting and she's like, oh, no. I'm a disaster person. I, what do I do? I'm accidentally trying to walk into your room after we had our big fight. Uh So it's a good movie. It's a really good movie. Agree. And, uh, you know, if, if listener, if you're interested in Gundam at all, watch the very first one. The first one from 79 is still a banger today. It still holds up. Um, but if you're interested in watching one with no baggage, you don't know, need to know anything about Gundam, you could watch Witch from Mercury. There's four episodes out. You get caught up in a weekend. Uh, it's very fun. There is a character named Choo Choo Pan Lunch, who is an Earthian. Uh, and all the people from space are really racist against the Earth people. And she uh, punched a girl into basically the stratosphere because she was being racist in this last episode. And I died. I have watched that clip so many times in the last few weeks. This is a choo-choo pan lunch stan account is my life right now. <laughs> so where also, would her one name is choo-choo pan lunch. some of these if one wanted to? Uh, lots of them are on Crunchyroll. Uh, which a lot of the older shows you can watch uh, with a free account, um, which for Mercury you have to have a paid account for, but it's not it's not too expensive. Um, but if you're interested in anime, Crunchyroll is maybe worth your $8 a month. Uh, and which for Mercury has been very good. So I would recommend to anyone who is curious. Excellent. Watch the prologue first. It makes a really good place setting and gives you a lot of world building and then it becomes disaster lesbians at school for four episodes so far and uh that's great that's great for me this is this is the media that i crave (laughs) there you go anyway we'll wrap it up uh and next time we are headed back to our x hole um (laughs) it's so true with days with days of future past which i have never seen so i'm very excited to uh to embark on this adventure with you, Peter. Yes. You know, it's been a long time since I've seen it, so I am curious to see what my thoughts are when I watch it again. Well, and I hope you had fun looking at a lot of pictures of mechs with me. I did. That was great. It was fantastic. Wonderful, wonderful Good. topic. I like I, I like robots. <laughs> everyone <laughs> knows awesome. everyone knows I love droids. I love mechs. I love robots. I'm here for all of them. There you go. All right, and thanks all for listening. Uh, rate and review at your podcast platform of choice helps people find us, which is always very exciting. It does. Um, if you have anything you want to share with us, what's your favorite mech? Why were we so wrong about the Ava unit one? If you're a huge Ava defender, uh, you can write to us at feedback at the middle, middle of culture.com and we will read your Ava defending screed with glee and enjoyment. Uh, <laughs> so please send those our way if you're a big Ava defender. That's true. And until next time, have a great week. Absolutely.